0: Hello, hello. It's Elizabeth Busby here, the director of programs for the Theology of the Body Institute. Thank you so much for joining me for this discerning marriage podcast turned YouTube video thing that I get to chat with you and you get to see me, and it's so much more fun. So, I had a guest lined up for this slot, and that guest had a scheduling conflict and had to not come, but I was still really ready. I was like prepped and ready, did my hair and makeup, like all ready for you. So, then I decided and my producer Thomas said I could, let's just like have a little chat. So I grab my Bible and I grab my catechism and I have my phone and we're just gonna have a chat about something that's on my heart that I think you will really appreciate. I'm hopeful that you will appreciate and that will be helpful for you in this season of your life while you're discerning marriage. And that is suffering (laughs) and suffering well, because I think at least my experience and my friends' experiences, like a bunch of us were discerning marriage at the same time. And so we got to walk with each other and journey with each other, my girls and I, as we were in that season that you guys are in now. There's a lot of suffering. Like there's a lot of suffering when you're discerning marriage. And I think when we all collectively as a whole think about dating, think about that season of falling in love, think about like going on first dates and second dates and being committed and then pre-engagement and getting engaged. We think about all the fun stuff, right? All of the exciting bits, all of the things that are just really joyful and fun and enjoyable. And I think even people who are past that season of life look back with a lot of fondness on that season, right? But when you're in it, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pain that comes with it, right? Because for every yes that you get for another date, you know, if you're someone asking someone else out on a date, for every yes you get, you probably got four or five no's or more than that. Um, Or there's a potential for a lot of no's. There's a potential for rejection. Sometimes there's actually rejection. You get in this relationship and if you're honest with yourself, you have to be willing to say no as much as you're willing to say yes. So you're discerning with someone and there's a potential for a big yes. But there's you have to have the freedom to say no, right? And so sometimes the right discernment is no, when there's a breakup, there's just so much suffering. So one of the things as I've been praying for you guys and praying for this you know, podcast on the YouTube thing, um, I've been thinking a lot about the things that are important for me to cover that I want to have out there for you guys to reference. And one of them that's been on my heart so much in my prayer is how to suffer well. Suffering is something that we know we're never gonna avoid right there's always going to be suffering um in this valley of tears and that's just part of living in a fallen broken world we know we have the promise one day that that suffering is going to be gone um, in eternity but it's just part of our journey here and i think the secret to sanctity is learning how to suffer well right learning how to cling to christ in that space learning how to let our blessed mother lead us to christ in that space learning how to stay open to god and not abandon him when we suffer and because there is so much suffering for most people in discerning marriage this is a great chance for you to practice. This is a great opportunity for you to take these sufferings that are are big, they're real sufferings and learn how to suffer well because the one thing that I can guarantee you will find in your marriage is suffering. Who was it that said there are three rings? It might have been Fulton Sheen, but maybe not. Don't quote him on that. I don't it might have not been Fulton Sheen, but there are three rings and suffering, his ring and her ring and suffering. Um, it's like one of the things you can guarantee that you're going to get is Suffering together, and the faster you can learn how to suffer well, the I think more rich and fruitful your relationship with Christ will be, and also the more rich and fruitful your relationship with your spouse and your kids and other people will be because everyone's suffering. So, if you figure out how to do it well, I think there's a lot of beauty that can unfold in that space. So, I love Instagram. Some of you guys know that about me. I have, I have, we have a discerning marriage Instagram that I'm working to like beef up, but even just as a recreation, I enjoy being on Instagram, and there's something about the the beauty piece of it, as distinct from other social medias, that I just really enjoy. It's really the only social media that I'm personally on because I just really like it. So um, all my social media time gets to go to Instagram. And I there are, I follow a lot of different people on it, and a lot of them are um, people who, who have like theological insights that I really enjoy. Some are Catholics, some are not Catholic. There's just a lot of people who love Jesus, right? And you can tell. You can tell even on the internet when there are people who really love Jesus. So there's this woman. I don't know her faith tradition. She's Protestant of some kind. Um, her name's Lisa Joe Baker, and I follow her. She has incredible wisdom. She, I've never met this person in my life. I lit. I I don't have. I don't know that I'll ever meet her. There's no, almost no way our our circles will overlap. Um, but she just has this, she has really beautiful spiritual insights that I really appreciate. And she had this thing on there about this verse, Romans five, three through five. And it was a phenomenally deep spiritual insight. I probably, I went back on our Instagram to like find this post. I couldn't even find it. It was so long ago. Like I don't even remember where, like I don't, it was f- forever ago, but it, it buried really deep in my soul. Do you ever have those moments where you like encounter something and you're kind of just on there to like spend some leisure time, but then all of a sudden you're like, and God, God opens up something in your heart. That was me with this particular Instagram post. Anyway, I've been reflecting and praying and thinking about it ever since. So I want to take, what she said about this and kind of just flesh it out for you um, because it was meaningful to me and I wish I had heard it when I was discerning marriage, um, particularly after my like really hard breakup in that season of my life that was really painful in my discernment. Um, and also just it's something I wish I would have thought about before now <laughs> when I had other seasons of suffering. So I'm going to read you the verse. Am I going to read you the verse or am I going to define hope first? I'm going to ask Thomas what he thinks. Thomas, should I like define hope first or should I like read the verse first? I think you should read the I'm gonna read the verse this is another thing we're doing with this YouTube thing is I don't get to edit anything out so you guys get to see me and all my beautiful awkwardness and when I need help from Thomas that doesn't get edited out okay so I'm gonna read you this verse then I'm gonna unpack it for you okay and then I'll give you Lisa Joe Baker's like insight and we'll flesh that out and then we'll be done okay so Romans 5 3 through 5 so not only that but we even boast in our suffering knowing that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit that has been given to us that part that's really significant to me is suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and here's the thing that was so insightful to me so much of our life we spend hoping for things right um often when we're going through suffering we are almost inspired by hope to get through the suffering it's like we have to have hope to be able to make it through the suffering it's almost this idea that has kind of permeated don't know where it came from maybe some of you don't have it but I definitely have it and I I, I think that that's kind of the cultural spin is like just keep hoping just hold on to hope and you'll get through your suffering right and that is not what Saint Paul says in Romans this was her insight that was so powerful That's not what St. Paul says. He flips it on his head. Hope comes at the end of that sentence. Suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character produces hope. So think about this. When you are going through a period of suffering, and you are really in it, and your heart is breaking, and you can't go a whole day without crying, and you're sad, and it's, it's dark, and it is dreary, and it is hard... What Paul says is that in those seasons, if you are able to suffer well, if you are able to cling to Christ in that suffering, as opposed to throwing down your cross and turning away from God, feeling abandoned by him, um, and, and not, it's okay to feel abandoned by him. It's not okay to then abandon him, right? Even Christ on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? It's okay to feel abandoned, but it's not okay to then abandon God in that and turn your back on God in that and say, I've been so betrayed by God, like, I'm walking away from my faith. I'm walking away from church. I'm walking away from God. I'm walking away from whatever. St. Paul says when you suffer and you're able to hold on to Christ in that space, you're able to unite those sufferings to Christ in that you're able to open that pain to the Lord and say, I'm hurting, but I know you're with me in this in your mysterious way. That produces perseverance. All right, and we know that perseverance means I'm gonna be able to keep going. I'm gonna be able to keep running this race. I'm gonna be able to be motivated to keep moving forward. So when you suffer well, that grows your ability to persevere, right? So in anything, right, in that particular suffering that you're going through, you're able to persevere longer. You're able to stay close to Christ in that space. You're able to keep moving forward, but also in future sufferings, right? You're able, you're stronger. You're able to move through them um, in, a, in a more holy way, holy being, you know, united to Christ. You're able to stay close to him in that space. Um, so suffering produces that perseverance. Perseverance produces character is what he says in the verse. So the more that you suffer and you stay close to Christ and you don't abandon him, the more that you persevere in that suffering, and you're able to be stronger and run that race marked out for you, as Paul says somewhere else, the more that your character is stronger. So I don't know if you've ever met people who have suffered a lot. Um, Some, a a big famous person who comes to mind is this man named Viktor Frankl, who wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, He was a, this book, Man's Search for Meaning is actually like a psychological text, but it's made its way into mainstream. He was a clinician, um, a doctoral level clinician, and he was caught up in one of the countries from Nazi Germany and he was Jewish and he was thrown into a concentration camp and everyone he loved was killed and there was death and suffering all around him, um, but he never abandoned his God and he survived. He's the only one that he knew and loved to survive the concentration camp, but he f- found God in that space, right? If you ever read Man Search for Meaning, there's this phenomenal like goodness that he still sees in humanity in the midst of all of this suffering, right? It changes you. It makes you a different, stronger person. Another person that comes to mind is John Paul II. Um, St. John Paul II. I don't know how much you know about his life. I love him. I love him. I love him. So I studied his life a lot and he lost his mother, his sister, his brother, and his father all before he turned 19 years old. And then he promptly lost his country, his country's freedom when the Nazis came and took over. Um, his, his autonomy, you know, his ability to like live his life, he had to study an underground seminary. As soon as the war was over and the Nazis left, the communists came in. So then even as a priest and as a bishop, he was under this communist regime that hated faith and hated humans. And the communists don't even recognize the word person. That's a religious word to the communists because they don't recognize the personhood of people, right? Like he had everything stripped of him. But our experience of John Paul II is the man on the other side, right? Whose character was formed by all of this suffering that gave him this perseverance. And look what he's done for the church with, his, with who he is as a person, having been formed in that trial of suffering, right? So suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. You're a different person when you're willing to suffer well. And character produces hope. So this is totally different than our understanding of hope will get us through suffering. It's only through suffering when you suffer well and you persevere and then you persevere and your character has changed. And only then are you able to have hope. And that hope we know does not disappoint us, but it's walking through the suffering that gives you the hope. So then when I started processing that, cause I was like, <laughs> I was one of those people that totally was like, hold on to hope, it's fine. Hallmark cards and kitties and puppies and like we can make it through. But no, it's like walking through the suffering is what what gets you to the place where you can have hope because you see what God has done for you. That's the whole salvation history, right? I'm doing Bible in a year right now. So I'm reading it all. Love it. And you see salvation history. And it's God showing us what he has done, the faithfulness he has done through all of the suffering. And we can have hope after having seen him come through for us basically. And so then when I started thinking about it, I was thinking about the definition of hope. My my uh, theology master's degree professor, um, Douglas Bushman, love him, so awesome and great. He always talked about defining your terms. Make sure you're on the same page with people when you define your terms. So I was like, okay, what, in defining my terms, what does hope mean? And I realized that so many of us sell hope short. So I'm gonna read you, just googled it, what is hope? I'm gonna read it to you. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So when you're in suffering and you're using hope to get you out of it, you're you're like I I have hope that God's going to send my husband. I have hope that God's going to send my wife. I have hope I'm going to get to get married one day, right? We shrink hope into what our minds, our fallen broken human minds finite that are, you know, in this finite space can imagine and we think that's what's best for us but when you look at what the catechism says hope is when you look at the definition paul was certainly working on in romans um or he was working from in romans in the catechism 18 17 for those of you academics who want to know hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness placing our trust in christ's promises and relying not on our own strength but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness. That's the real definition of hope. That's what happens when we suffer well and we allow ourselves to persevere and we allow that to change who we are as a person and then we know for sure that God is going to show up for us and we have we, we truly have the capacity for eternal life because of the gift God has given us. And I think too, when you're willing, like if you're anything like me, when I was discerning marriage, I used this tiny cheap definition of hope of like, God's going to send my husband one day and I'm going through this breakup. It's really painful and awful. I've lost a lot of things from it. A lot of friends from it. Everything's different now, but God's going to send me my husband one day. What I was really desiring in that space was eternal life as my happiness. What I was really longing for was union with God. That's what I was really wanting. And I don't want you to suffer the way that I suffered in that I had this narrow version of what God could give me in a husband. Because I mean, my husband's amazing. I'm so thank thanks be to God for my marriage and thanks be to God that he answered my that like weak cry of my heart and but, but what I wish I would have learned earlier, I learned it now, I've learned it now, but what I wish I would have learned earlier and what I think would have made my life better when I was discerning and what I want for you and your own discernment is the knowledge that that desire that you have for a spouse, that desire that you have to be out of the season of the breakup suffering or the rejection suffering or just I hate going on dates suffering and I really want someone to like hang out with me on Friday night at home while our kids are sleeping and we're eating pizza and watching a movie like that's what I want when you're longing for those things, right? Whatever the suffering looks like for you in this season, that you remember that through the suffering, you can be made stronger, you can be made a better person, and you can be assured that this desire that you have, that you're fixating on this relatively small piece of life, can be opened up to eternity. This desire that you have is actually a deep desire for God and a deep desire for heaven. And through your suffering, if you are able to cling to Christ and to persevere and to allow your character to be changed, then you will be so rooted in the hope that your desires will be fulfilled in heaven. And that is what I want for you. So I hope this has been helpful. I'm so grateful to have you along for this journey. And I'm so honored that you've included me in your season of life. And I am praying for you. Please pray for me. And as always, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. God bless you.